Victor, we're drinking uh, bourbon if you'd like some. I was about to say swearing and drinking. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, guys. You're listening to an adventure podcast. This is episode two. Coming back to you this week. This is Mosey Levy. Alan Levy. Pete Giano. Isaac Owen. And we got Victor Pritzker. Did I pronounce that right? That's correct, yes. We got Victor Pritzker from Warm and Safe, who we'll come back to in a minute. Um, this is our second podcast ever, and I wanted to talk to you about that for a minute. Last week, we did a quick intro episode where we really just talked about nothing for an hour. We survived. And those of you who <laughs> listened to it, kudos. It's very impressive. Um, we made a promise that every week we're going to get better. We're going to do more and more things. And this week, I think we have an amazing uh, guest. We have Warm and Safe, which is all about heated gear, a really important subject right now. Some of you are still riding. You <laughs> um, should all be riding. We should all be riding. And then we went to the New York City Motorcycle Show this Friday. We all had press passes. We went in. We met a lot of great people. We saw some really cool things. We have some thoughts on that. So that'll be the second half of the show. Victor, how are you doing? I'm just fine, thank you. Awfully nice to see you guys this evening. I think Alan wanted to ask you something earlier. What was that, Alan? Wonderful, wonderful to meet you. Victor, where are you? I'm in Portland, Oregon, actually. You guys are based um, out of Oregon. Yeah, and you guys are New York, is that correct? New York, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. So right now we're in New Jersey. This is the podcast uh, headquarters in New Jersey. So is, uh, is Warm and Safe from where you are, or are you just remotely? Yes. Warm and Safe is actually headquartered in, in a suburb of Portland called Milwaukee, of all things. Um, has been there for 22 years. That's, that's, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, so. and it probably hasn't stopped raining for more than two or three minutes during that entire period of time. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to make that joke, but it, it seemed too cliche. Yeah, this, no, it's, it's, the reason it's a cliche is because it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I have a, a question, actually, Victor. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Um, my background is motorcycle business. I've, I've been in and around the motorcycle business all of my life, but since around 05, since around 2005, pretty much involved in the electric motorcycle business. Um, and I still am. Um, I work, I'm, uh, I guess I tried to retire about 10 or 15 years ago. It didn't work. So I, I actually consult with a number of companies. Um, one of them is warm and safe. And the, the reason for that is um, I do a lot of long distance riding like you guys do, I'm sure. And I don't like being stopped by weather. So years ago, um, two things happened. One is I stopped wearing leather and started wearing waterproof stuff. And the other thing was starting to search for some way to stay warm. And I can tell you that, you know, like this was, let's call this 20, 25 years ago. I tried everything there was on the planet. And I eventually came in contact with Mike Cohen, the founder of Warm and Safe. And he let me borrow some heated gear. And I became very good friends with him. And I've been working with him ever since on various efforts and things like that. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, there are other, there's lots of heated gear on the market. But in my experience, I've, I've, well, just to give you an example, I, I have uh, a controller. The very first controller that Mike ever gave me to use is 22 years old. Wow. And I still have it, and it still works, and it never has been anywhere except in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to send us some pictures. And um, that's the old wired-in one. I stopped using it about a year and a half ago. When I finally agreed with Mike to use his wireless dual controller that controls the upper body and the club separately, which is an amazing, wonderful invention. And the fact that it's not wired means you can put it anywhere on your bike. You know, it's, it's essentially a matchbook or a matchbox size. So, so before, we, have, we have a couple of them sitting here, yeah. actually. Before we get to the product, actually, I want to talk a little bit about you. Um, you know, a lot of, some of the things we're going to do is, is uh, rider profiles, and I want to hear about how you got into motorcycles. What was your first bike? What, what got you into it? What does your passion come from besides just... If you have time for just a quick story, I, course, I rode... Of course. I rode from, uh, from Portland down to 
uh, Palm Springs, which is a cool, you know, the coolest way to do it. it. There's a million ways to do it, but um, I actually went down what is nominally Highway 395, but that puts me through the Sierra and um, right up against Death Valley and, and so on. So I, I made a 1,200-mile trip by taking several shortcuts into a 2,000-mile trip, of course. And, you know, that included a side trip into Yosemite and June Lake and so on and so forth. So you were in a rush. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always take these shortcuts. I mean, it's, you know, it's what, and then down through Joshua Tree National Forest and, and finally on to where my sister was. Anyway, the, the, the reason for my bringing this up is that was just a, a month or so ago. And um, on the way back, on the way down, all along the eastern slope of the Sierras, the, the mountains were clear. On the way back, there was snow on all the mountains. Um, an ominous thing for a long distance motorcycle rider. And, but I, I stayed in a little town the last night of my trip, about 80 miles north of Reno is a town called Susanville. Um, when I got up in the morning, I'd, I usually leave early before six o'clock and the temperature was 37 degrees. And I figured no problem. I mean, that's easy. I carry my heated gear all year. No problem. You know, cause no matter what, as you guys know, it's always cold in the morning. And it's always cold at high altitude. That's right. To me, the idea that you don't have heated gear with you is completely silly. But at any rate, what I forgot was that the ride from Susanville to Mount Shasta City, which is almost directly west and northwest, takes you up about 3,000 more feet and through a national forest, forest and around behind Mount Lassen and so on. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently riding a much modified FJR, FJ09. Um, the dash meter has a, you know, an outside temperature thermometer, you know, and much to my chagrin, less than 30 minutes into the ride, the temperature dropped to 24 degrees. Every of course time, it did, 3,000 foot. Yeah, of course it did. And all I could think of was ice on the highway and, and how this was, but, you know, it was dry and early season and I kept going and there wasn't any ice anywhere. It was just colder than hell. And as I would go between, you know, bright sun and shade, it would, the temperature would fluctuate between 21 degrees and 24 degrees. And I kept thinking, you know, this is amazing. So here's yeah. the story. I was wearing something from Warm and Safe that's new. It wasn't the usual heated jacket. It, it's, it's an item called a heat layer, which is just essentially a base layer, stretchy. I was just reading about that, like, a, the, like a heated T-shirt. It's like the heated T-shirt? Well, but no, it's long sleeve, It's and it comes down over your hips. And, yep. Okay, so you know from wearing heated jackets that are made mostly like jackets, they have collars, right? So that means when you're riding along, even with the collars zipped up, you're constantly going like this to keep the cold air from going down your neck. <laughs> so I, anyway, so I'm wearing this new gear, and it's skin tight, so it doesn't let anything in. And because of the dual controller, I was able to moderate, you know, your hands, when you heat your body up a lot, your hands get too hot. And this is the first time I'd ever really experienced this dual controller thing. So I was riding along at about half for my hands. I don't have heated grips, just the gloves, and, and about three quarters for my body. And all I was wearing over that was my normal one-piece aeroskitch. And I was comfortable and happy in that temperature, which blew me away. So about halfway... It's like 105 miles, and it's about halfway. I get stopped by uh, uh, a road crew. You know, they're, you have to wait for a pilot car. So I stopped, and you know, I left my motor running, and you know, I was, uh, you know, let, sitting there happily. And there were two flag people, a, a man and a woman. Yeah. Flag they both came running over. They looked like hockey players. You know, they were wearing 16 layers and giant parka hoods. That's true. Yeah. And and is it? You're going to have to pardon my language here because I'm going to quote these guys. All right. One guy came over and he grabbed me by the arm and he said, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to come and rescue you and we don't want to. And he went on and on and on. And I was just sitting there, you know, thinking, I can't believe this. So I had this long conversation with them where I had to prove to them that I had this heated gear on that I wasn't freezing to death. That's hysterical. And as I'm, I wish I would have taken a picture, I didn't, because I didn't want to take my gloves off. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Warm, cushy gloves. He kept saying, saying, you know, 21 degrees. Anyway, so I finally follow, you know, the pilot car comes, I follow it, and I end up at Mount Shasta City, which is on Highway 101 in California. And it's another 30 miles. You go downhill to, to Ashland, Oregon. Where it was seventy degrees. Wow, that's that's a nice drop. Normally, 
you know, well, that's motorcycle touring. You go through these things. Yeah, really that's true. Normally, you would stop and take your heated jacket off because heated jackets are bulky, and the the, the whole idea of, of a heated jacket is to heat the air in between your outer layer and your skin. And that's why when you're riding, you know, you always have to kind of scrunch up and keep your neck there because you have to keep that airspace closed in. On the other hand, with this heated layer, you don't because it's skin tight and it comes all the way up your neck and down your head. I'd never experienced this before, you know, after 25 years or so of wearing heated gear. At 70 degrees, of course, I had my heat turned off by then. It's made out of the same stuff that athletic base layer is made of. So it becomes a wicking base layer. Yep. So this is so, this is the perfect time, Vic. I'm sorry to, uh, to yeah. interrupt, but what I want to do is is we might have people listening here that don't have heated gear, that never have heated gear, that, that don't know anything about it. And they ride in the spring and then they're done. So let's start with what is heated gear? How does it work? How do you connect it? Can you start us with the real basics? Yes, no problem. The history of this company is interesting. I mean, uh, the, the gear developed because Mike Cohen, who's the founder of the company, the designer of all this stuff, um, 25 years ago or so, he went on a motorcycle ride and it just didn't stop for about eight years or 10 years. He just kept going around the world and ended up with two or three bikes stashed here and there. And along the way, he just started getting cold. And, you know, so he started figuring out gear to use for this. Um, there were heated jackets and stuff available at that time, but basically you, you were just kind of had a little harness connected to your battery, hopefully with a hinge, uh, with a, with a, uh, uh, I mean, some way that you don't pull your bike over when you step off <laughs> and, and a fuse. And, so, and by the way, that's an interesting issue because he also designed a plug that would stay closed until you stepped off the bike and then come off without pulling your bike apart, which is another interesting thing about this. But um, so he developed all this equipment over time. Um, and here's the thing. I ride my motorcycle, even though I live in a place that we have snow, we have cold weather, just like you guys do. The only thing that stops me is actual snow or ice on the ground. And for any motorcycle that actually likes to ride, guys like, like you and I that actually think that this is our primary transportation, because if you have to go somewhere, it might as well be fun. It's true. It's true. Carrying this heated gear with you all year allows you to not freeze your butt off in the morning or to freeze, you know, if you're traveling on the West Coast, you're going to go up into the mountains and come down. Every, every thousand feet, the temperature changes 15 degrees. So it, there isn't, it isn't a matter of extending your season. It's a matter of being prepared for all seasons. So, so Vic, just to back up for a second, I just want to go over the basics. There's yeah. a wiring harness that gets connected yeah. to your battery. It's just a red and a black, very easy to connect. And out comes a little adapter that you could then connect your jacket to. Now, did he invent that connector? Or is it standard SAE connector? What is it? Um, actually, we have our own proprietary connectors because there are, as you know, there, you know, there are blade connectors, SAE connectors, and so on. Um, these are male-female connectors that have been specifically designed for this group that aren't available from any place else that do what I was just talking about. They're easy to connect. They're safe. Water won't get into them or anything like that. They, you know, they won't freeze. And they won't pull your bike over when you step off accidentally like an SAE. Because no one ever remembers to disconnect when you step off. To buy this gear, you, you need a couple of things. There are several pieces of this kind of gear available, regardless of who you get it from, which is to say an upper body garment that's that's like a jacket. Or in our case, we also have one that's very much like a tight-fitting shirt. There are gloves. Um, there are uh, leggings, pants that are usually tight, so they fit under riding gear, and heated socks as well. There are different kinds of gloves available. Some of them are glove liners that you can actually use your own gloves with. I prefer, however, to use the specifically designed gloves that go with this gear because they, you know, they're waterproof, um, you know, and, and they're controllable. Whereas if you use liners, at least in my opinion, although some people love them, you have to use a bigger glove. That means when you use that glove, it's too big for you, you know, without, without the liner. So you might as well have the real glove. Um, the connector for the battery is the simplest thing. And like you say, it's just a red and a black, just a, a positive and a negative. There's a fused, you know, a, a fuse holder in between. It comes with the garment. So, you know, you, you have it. Um, and, and there's, by the way, 
most people have a pigtail sim like that anywhere for keeping their battery charged. So, Victor, uh, what's what's the difference? What's inside the jacket that makes you hot, and how has it changed over the generations? Um, there there are a number of different systems in. Um, our system is proprietary, so I, I don't really want to talk about the actual specifics of it. But there are two there are two different kinds. Okay, there are wires that run through the thing that you know that actually are, are carefully coded so that they don't short out or like that, and they get hot. And where they're placed is very very important. You need most of the heat at the kidney, the neck, and at the very top of the arms. Other you know, that's where you're, anyway, there's some anatomical reasons behind this about where it's placed. There are heat panels that um, can be placed in those and so on, but our gear uses a, uses one of the wires for a system. It's proprietary to us with a special coating, and all of the junctions and so on are very carefully designed so they can't pull apart. The reason we use it is we want our gear to be washable. Most of the other systems and, and things that are used in these things don't allow the, the gear to be washable. And foldable, right? Washable, foldable, stuffable, exactly. and so on. So that's all part of it because since we, uh, I, you know, I hope you guys agree that carrying this with you all year is important. In fact, since I've had this, the heated layer, the, the stretchy skin tight one, I, I simply wear it all the time. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask you how how uh, small does that pack? Because I typically always carry heated gear, even if it's you know dead summer. I just have it because you never know if it starts raining and it starts getting cold and you got an eight or hour you get ride. up in the mountains. Absolutely, and you're you're soaking wet. You never know. The heated gear has always been key for me. About half the size. If you're if you're used to stuffing or packing um, a warm and safe heated jacket, yeah. Which is bulky. Bulk, um, yeah, it it packs it about half or less. I, I've do, I do have a question for you. You have two generations: generation three, generation four. This new soft heat, and I, you said that you did a lot of you're the, you know, you, are you. I'm not sure if you're behind all that, you know, yeah, electronics yeah. and everything. But um, that was one of the this, you know the questions I had was uh, when purchasing, and and for anybody else that's looking to purchase, you know, what's the big difference? And for me, what I kind of understood was that the generation three gives you a little bit stronger heat and I'm kind of what I like to call a princess rider. I want to be comfortable <laughs> as much as I we can. We all call him the princess rider. So, but it's not just him. Because you know what? The last thing you want to do is be uncomfortable when you have, you know, 600 miles to get somewhere. And so well, that was one of my things. I didn't understand, the, you know, electric, yeah. electrics on that. Well, one of my reasons for working with Mike is to help him pare down that website. <laughs> because Mike is a wonderful guy who anybody calls up and says, look, I have an old pair of such and such gloves and stuff. He'll invent a connector for it. And um, there are people who've been using Generation 1 or Generation 2 or whatever it is for years. They just want to keep replacing them. Um, and that's fine. And, and you're correct. Each one of them is slightly improved in the sense of having a, a better heat distribution. Yeah. The, it, and I have to tell you, the, the technical stuff, the stuff that's inside there and what it works, is not really important. It's how it functions and, yeah. and, and the anatomical use of these heating things. So we use what we use because you can wash it, you can stuff it, and because it's we're able to place it where it needs to be for the most uh, efficient use of, of heat distribution. And when you get into the really um, skin-tight ones, that's really important. It, it distributes heat directly onto your skin rather than just filling up an airspace, so it's much more efficient. So every generation of this stuff gets better and better and better. Now, I'm not saying that this totally negates the use of the jacket. Many people prefer to use the jacket um, because you're able to wear it as, a, as an actual garment once you get off your bike and shed your outer garments. You, you can just wear it, you know. Well, well let's, let's talk about that. Let's actually get into sizing a, for a second because yeah. uh, an issue that we're having, and I just bought uh, a brand new, here it is, my, my warm and safe heated waterproof jacket. And, uh, and we were discussing sizing, how it should fit. Uh, you know, I guess Mike was telling Pete, I, I'm a different rider. I'm not the princess rider. Me, I'm... 
I fought heated gear. And Muzzy's been trying to tell me heated gear for the last two years. I don't listen. I ride in whatever weather. I think it's, you know, I have Patagonias and I got base layers. and But but I was finally sold, and, and I think I'm, I'm going to be very happy. I you haven't used any yet. Not yet. Right? I have a jacket. So he's not, he doesn't know yet. Jacket, it's a game glove liners. We'll find out. We, we shall find out. But I did buy it. But they were telling me that you should have real no airspace and no room between the jacket and your base layer. And that's how you're going to stay the warmest. So I went and bought a medium, even though I'm a large guy. I went and bought a medium. And I think it's a, it's a bit tight, you know, in the uh, in the underarm area. I think but you should send it back and get the next size up. Do you? Do you? Yeah, here's why. Okay. Range of motion. We call this company warm and safe, not just warm. Range of motion is very important. When your outer gear isn't that loose. So when you put this on, it's going to compress it against you. Now, there is there are two different ways of using heated gear. The, the way that's been most common is what you're doing, which is to have a, a garment that's a little bit bulky and that actually creates a heated atmosphere that heats up the space between your outer and, you know, between your skin and the outer level. Now, the more compressed that space is, obviously the better the heat distribution, you know, because you won't have as much convective heat loss. With the heat layer, it's directly against your skin. So it, it essentially doesn't even matter about that space. You could wear something over it and so on. So the idea of having your jacket so tight that it causes a constriction of range of motion doesn't make any sense. Riding a motorcycle, you need to, you know, it's an athletic event. You need yeah. to have it. That's a great point. So I, yeah, so I recommend it, and we're perfectly happy to take We We absolutely want you to have the best gear. The other thing I recommend is if you look at the end of the sleeves, you'll see little zippers, and if you open up that little zipper, a little piece of wire comes out with a connector. That little connector will hook to our wonderful um, waterproof leather all-season gloves. So I have a glove liner. Or the glove liners, and with the dual controller, you, you can keep you know your hands... What happens to me, and it seems to happen to most people, is if you keep your body warm enough, your hands get too warm. And, and so being able to turn your hands down several, I, I am a, uh, I, mean, I never stop fiddling with my controller because the temperature changes constantly. The wind on you changes constantly and so on. So having the, the wireless controller means you can, I clip mine to the top of my tank bag. You know, it, it, uh, I don't know if you have it, but there's available a little holster for the controller. And that little holster has a clip on the back that'll clip onto anything. Well, so, I think I'm going to mount mine to my handlebars, actually. I think that's the most well, comfortable. That's what, so long as you can get at it very quickly, you know, with your left hand. So why do, so the, we never got past the three different generations. You, you made the right choice. The, the newest generation is the most efficient and it is the most wind resistant and the most waterproof. So while some people want to keep using whatever it is they've been using, it, it, the advances, it's just like advances on motorcycles. I mean, you know, I know people resisted things like fuel injection <laughs> and, and stuff, but all of these advances are good. Um, we, we keep some of those older generations in stock because they're a little less expensive and some people can use the latest generation is is the most efficient because we keep testing this stuff and testing it, and Mike just never stops improving things. Never. That's great. So, and, and you know what? We really believe in you guys in a company. We've been through a few other companies, and we feel like you guys are the real deal. But we'll come back to that. So um, you guys make a heated jacket. You mentioned heated gloves. You mentioned uh, a heated base layer up top. You also make a heated pant and sock. Is that right? Yep. And we have all, I mean, they're, you know, all the different jackets, but there's also a short sleeve and a long sleeve heated garment. I, you know, to me, it doesn't make any sense to have a short sleeve heated gear. It's like, for instance, you'll note that we do not make a vest. Yeah. Most companies who make this stuff make a vest. And then there's this kind of theory that if you keep your trunk warm, the blood will circulate through your Core. arm. Yeah. And but the problem is your arms are out in the wind on a motorcycle. Yeah, of course. I feel I understood. I, I started out with a vest. They, they fought me. I said, I'll get a vest. All I need is a vest. I need the cord. <laughs> it didn't last that long. <laughs> well, also, how are you going to plug in your gloves? What a pain in the biggest sale. Well, you know, they, there's you know, there's long harnesses. The pain, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to go back to this, Vic, because yeah. something I think that 
everyone's gonna if they're listening and they're interested in purchasing your ja- you know the jackets, you know, there is the waterproof jacket and then there's a the generation three. You yeah. just mentioned that the waterproof is obviously it, I believe the waterproof jacket's a generation four. Yeah. Um and you've ridden probably all of oh. them. Okay. And you now with the windproof and the waterproof if someone's really using this stuff, would you recommend that waterproof jacket over that Generation 3? Absolutely, and here's why. Okay. Um, the, the waterproof membrane also makes it much more windproof. Half the battle. That's and that is half the issue. And further, you know, if you're going to actually use a jacket, you have the use of that jacket after hours. You know, you, you ride into... I don't know, Nashua, New Hampshire, and, and, you know, and park your bike and, and, you know, you find out that the coolest pub in town is three blocks away and you have to walk there. That jacket might as well be waterproof and windproof. Yeah. It, it only costs a few bucks more. It doesn't make any sense not to use the most advanced stuff. Like I say, we, we'll sell them. I actually have that. Oh, no, I, I bought one. I bought the Generation 3 right here, and I'm actually buying his Generation 4 right He's not here. actually. He's going to buy a yeah. large. <laughs> I was actually – they're very good here, so you know these guys are very good at spending my money. <laughs> very good at spending our own money also. Just Them too, of course, but you, you know. We want you to have the right one, so we trade up and you know we'll do anything we can to make sure you have the best stuff. Um, you know, and, and generally speaking with this brand, and by the way, talk about, you know, thank you for the compliments about the company. I can also tell you that our return rate, our warranty rate, is way down. It's less than half a percent. Wow, that's great. Yeah, no, that's important and to know. Here's another thing. If you have a problem with a warm and safety, you know, our phone number is right on our website. Just call us up. We answer the phone. We actually answer the phone. And we will deal with whatever your problem is. And fortunately, it doesn't happen very often. But problems do occur. And and if it does, we'll deal with it. The thing hasn't, you know, there's there's no limit on your warrant. I, I have to say that your re- reviews online, because I did read a bunch of them before I went and uh, purchased the warm and safe, they are fantastic. And everybody said the same thing. Not only is the gear fantastic and everybody's happy with what they get and everybody's happy with what they have, but anybody that did have a problem has the same thing to say. It was yeah. easily fixed and they're thrilled and whatever they got back was great and... It's, it's really a joke. I mean, we are a very small company. There's only a very few people involved in this, so everybody answers the phone. I mean, there's not like a, a complaint department. <laughs> no, that's true. When I first made the first phone call, I talked to Mike, and then I talked to someone after that, and, you know, me and Mike talked for a while, and I was, you know, it was awesome. It was right away, action right away. So. And the thing is, we really want to know about people's experiences and, and what they're actually doing with this sort of thing. Mike's pretty old school, so you know it's only since I've been around a lot recently that we've actually started been playing with our website and asking people questions. And oh, okay. Stuff like that, and but it's astonishing. I mean, we get people calling us up to tell us stories. That's you know? great. And and I get the, the sort of amazing photographs from people. You know, people sort of you know standing in a hailstorm, you know, or or whatever, saying you know it's July fourteenth. And look what's happening to me. Thanks for recommending that I... <laughs> but they're warm and dry. They're warm, <laughs> warm and safe. Warm and safe. And <laughs> the safe issue, not, it's not just the range of motion. It's a, it's a matter of when you guys ride a lot. So you know what it, how miserable it is to be cold and wet. And if, if you're cold and wet, you're really in danger because your, your synapses are going out. I mean, you, you're better off being drunk. Than being cold and <laughs> Cheers to that. It's not far off. Because what happens is you lose control. You know what it's like. You start nodding off. Everybody's been through this. Yep. Having warm, safe gear all year long is warm and safe. That's not a joke. So, so Victor, I just before we finish up, I just want to ask. So you have a sock, you have a pant liner, you have a jacket, or a uh, or. or uh, a base layer, a heated base layer, and then uh, you have heated gloves and heated liners, right? Yep. So on the on the on the heated socks, how does that work? Do you wear that on top of your sock? Is that to replace your sock? Um, you can wear them without socks or with socks. Now, generally speaking, I wear mine with socks just because I don't want to have to wash them before I use them. 
Okay, so that's a great so that's a great point. So if you wear them with your socks, how often do you gotta wash them? It's um, a second layer. Once a season. Once a season. That's great. Okay, great. And now then, I I talk about washing. I'm I, just to be safe. Hand wash. Okay. Don't, well, now, what, don't, what are they made from? Uh, the the material is um, it's it's a hypoallergenic um, all wicking um, poly. It's a, a synthetic. Something you can wash in a hotel sink. Yeah, if absolutely. You yeah, absolutely. Just just like you would any other gear, and because it's synthetic, it'll dry out overnight. Now, you, you of rolling it up in a towel to dry it. Oh, nice! It's a great trick. Um, you know, because you don't want to wring this sort of thing out, because you know wires. So after you wash it, just take the biggest hotel towel you've got or home towel, lay the thing out on it, and roll it up in the towel. It'll wick most of the moisture out into the towel. That's a great tip. That's a great, uh, tip. That's a great tip. So with the pants, the heated pants, they're really a base layer, right? They're, they're tight to your skin. They're more like a thermal fit. They're not like a, uh, a pant under a pant, but they're a base layer. Is that right? Yes, that's true. And, and I can tell you that the combination, like I say, it's, I own both the jacket and the, and, and the base layer shirt and the pants and all of the other stuff. My personal favorite, just because it's skin tight and it's lighter weight, is the new base layer. But all of the gear works fine. And you know, I have to tell you, this is like crash helmets, you know, and, and so on. You know, you, a bike's a bike, but in terms of your safety and your well-being, spending a few extra bucks and having a good collection of this sort of stuff makes a lot of sense. So, uh, a quick question. I'm sorry. The, I know you, you ride with the base layer, the warm and safe base layer, but if you're not and we're only riding with the jacket, what kind of base layer do you recommend? Does it have to be a, uh, a, a thermal type base layer or could no, it be a, a heat? No, any, anything. Um, the, the point is to, to try to make the space between your outer gear and, and your skin, between you and the outer gear, as full as possible. You know, you, because basically what that gear is doing is heating the space between the outer gear and you. So you want that space to be as small as possible. You know, one always recommends that your riding gear shouldn't be loose and floppy anyway yeah. for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, so theoretically you're wearing something, like a, you know, I, don't know, I wear arrow stitch and climb and that kind of stuff. You try to get it to fit fairly well without inhibiting your range of motion. And that jacket should just fit inside of it. So typically what you'll be wearing is some kind of a base layer or a long sleeve cotton t-shirt or something like that. Okay, so the next question is, yeah. um, so you, let's say you got a heated sock and a heated pant and a heated jacket and a heated gloves, but yeah. you only have a dual controller. And so the way the dual controller it works is you have two leads coming out of your bike mm -hmm. uh, that come from a dual controller or that it's wireless and so we're expected to pair a jacket and gloves together and then pants and socks together. And when you adjust the heat, the jacket and, and gloves will adjust together and yeah. the pants and socks will adjust together. But do you ever go to the extreme of having two dual controllers to have individual heat? That is how I do it. I use two. I heard that. Yeah. I, I use two because it's just, it's, it's, you can actually be so much more accurate with it. <laughs> same issue with, with my hands as I do with my feet. My feet and hands, you know, my, my poor wife has cold hands and feet. I'm the opposite. So if my core and my trunk is hot, my hands get too hot. And my feet sweat and get too hot. Um, you know, because I also wear waterproof boots. I wear Gore-Tex boots. So what I do is use two controllers and just wire them separately. Have you then, experimented with having your hands and gloves together or your hands and feet together? Yeah, I've done it every conceivable way you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because that's what I do. I mean, yeah. part of what I do, you know, is I get to use all of these different pieces of equipment and try it all out. And, you know, we, we all settle on what we like best. And my system is to use as much of this close to the skin stuff as possible um, and use two separate controllers. And yeah, it's a, it's a wee bit expensive, but I mean, man, I ride all year and I am comfortable and I don't get cold. You know, I'm, I'm just fine. Um, quite often, by the way, I carry both the heat layer and the jacket. Well, the, the, the right gear makes all the difference, right? And, and that's because I'm a, you know, belt and suspenders guy. So <laughs> I, I got one final question for you. And, and this is without naming names, why should someone choose warm and safe over a competing brand? Um, I, I recommend that people try stuff, and we allow people to try stuff, but, but my experience is with all of it over the last 10 years or so. 
Mormon Safe is, has a, a warranty that won't quit. We back it up for as long as you want it. Um, and our, and our, as I told you, our warranty and replacement level is less than half a percent. So, you know, when, you, when you're riding as long as all of us do, and when you're depending on this stuff to keep you warm and safe, you want gear that has proven over the last 20 years to do exactly that. And I don't know any other gear that can say that. I had a bad experience with another competitor, uh, another brand that, you know, with the wire disconnected. I was on the way to Lake Placid and once you lose heat and it's 30 something degrees, it's, it's no terrible. fun. Yeah, and other gear, <laughs> I've heard stories of various gears burning people's necks. I've been you know, burned you, too. Yeah, stuff like that. You're just not going to have that with us. And that is, by the way, one of the reasons I'm saying, you know, look, I mean, this is not cheap stuff, but neither is your skin. I mean, it's like buying a cheap crash helmet. What's the point? So, you know, this gear costs what it costs, but it's lifetime. It's forever. I mean, like I say, I have 20-year-old stuff. That's I still That's yeah, awesome. I don't use it anymore because the new stuff is so much better. <laughs> so that, that's a great point about the jacket. I, we didn't really touch on is that it, it heats your neck a couple yep. inches up, a couple inches up, which is really key in yep. keeping you warm. So if if, uh, if you have air flying at your neck, that's going to really help a lot. It gets horrible. Let me give you another quick hint about this stuff: is when you're wearing heated gear or when it's raining and you're wearing gloves, wear the gloves inside your jacket, not outside. Yeah. Most people say that your, your gloves soak up water. They don't. Water, your hands are warm, and so the water on the outside of your jacket is wicked into the inside of your gloves right past the gauntlet. If you wear them inside, that won't happen. Yeah. So you will, your hands will stay warmer. Because I know people, you know, they say, well, your gloves leak. I mean, your hands stay warm, but they're wet. So I remind them to please put the gauntlets inside. <laughs> Obviously, you've, you've ridden a couple of miles in your life. <laughs> Yeah, I've passed a million. Awesome. Wow, that's great. Do you wow. carry waterproof heated gloves for Warren yeah, Safe? Yeah, I, I carry. Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> I know it's from Warren Safe. I was just wondering because I've had um, something else where I wasn't waterproof gloves. Yeah. And they heated non-waterproof gloves, and I learned the wrong way in rain. So, I, you know, now I have a pair of waterproof heated gloves for that reason. They work fantastically well. Let me tell you one thing. We're we going to make some that are fabric, Gore-Tex-style fabric. Okay. Right now, the two different styles that we have are leather. Now, leather is not waterproof. Leather will absorb water, but the, the waterproof membrane inside stops it from penetrating. But because you don't want to be carrying around heavy things, it's a good idea to treat the leather with waterproofing, and there's plenty of good leather waterproofing you know, sprays and liquids and so on. But we're also about to make a new version, which is, um, you know, membrane fabric. Oh, that's it's awesome. a little easier to deal with, but a lot of people just prefer leather gloves. I'm one of them. I just like the way it feels. All right, Vic, I said I had the last question earlier, but I got two more questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you have a partnership with First Gear. Can you tell us about that? Is that something you can talk about? With First Gear? Do you make that? Oh, oh yeah, First Gear was a distributor for us for a while. So, they, but they re they rebrand your your yeah your heated gear. Yeah, that happened long before I was involved with the company. Mike, Mike's a very interesting guy. Who you know, people want to buy the stuff, fine, and you know, and distribute it, and you know, basically for a manufacturer making branded gear for other people seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, I, I'm not so. Sh this is you know a personal thing for me. I'm not so sure what a good idea it is. Um, because people don't know that they can just call us up and get it repaired if it's necessary or replaced or whatever. So this is where we're telling them that if you buy first gear heated gear at the moment, it's actually it's, warm and safe. It's still ours, and we will take care of it. And yeah, exactly. Because they are. I did read one review. Someone said first gear didn't help them out with it. And I'm sitting here yeah. thinking, how do you not look at your your gear? It's not like it's in it. It says warm. And it safe, says warm and safe on the product. Yeah. And you should have just called, you know, warm and safe. I hope people who are listening to this hear that because we want to take care of our customers and our gear. I, I, it's whether or not we continue dealing with uh, distributors like that in the future is a question. Okay, so we're going to make that clear to our readers. That what we care about is two things. I mean, obviously, we need to make a living. We need to sell stuff. But 
we also really, really care about our customers. We really do. So, you know, if it makes it difficult for them to get service, if they need it, we, I don't know what to say. I, we don't like that. So besides first year, do you, are you just direct or are you in stores anywhere? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, that's part of what I've been doing is, is going direct to stores with, you know, so if you've got anybody out there that really wants to be an independent sales, that is an independent salesman or wants to deal with us, we have lots of great territories open. I, I This is, to me, a very personal business. And part of what I'm doing with this company is trying to make it more and more personal, like it used to be. When Mike started out, it was strictly word of mouth and, and um, website. And that was it. And over time, you know, we, we started working with distributors and so on. But... You know, both he and, and I are interested in getting back to as much, you know, that personal contact that, that we used. Victor, I think we heard everything we needed to hear. Uh, we love Hated Gear. We're huge, huge, huge supporters of it. Yeah, we, every time we ride, we're riding with Hated Gear in the winter. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It was a great help. We definitely recommend Warm and Safe as a company. We've tried a few different companies, and they are the real deal. Guys, hey man, it was awesome. Dude. Thank, Thank you. you, Victor. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thank you. around 07 I was using it so um, 10 years yeah 10 years so, but, but let's clarify also Pete is the no, Pete is the long distance rider of the group why does it bother no, Pete is the long distance rider of the group Pete's, Pete's putting 25 30,000 miles a year on a bike right over a year okay so over a year and 3 4 months whatever it is he's putting more miles on than anybody else so it would be his opinion that really matters that's perfect no yeah. I, I started out with the vest and I have a story I could you know break out the story, which I started out, I took my wife on the LT to go up to Vermont, and it was like September, and that night turned into like the first frost, we had to like stop and go hit up a hotel because we couldn't do it, it was ridiculous, and then the next morning we found some random BMW dealership off the 91, it was like an old school BMW dealer, picked up two BMW vest jackets, got us through it, but right after that, I was like, there's no joke, we need some serious heated gear. So since then, yeah, I do not travel without it. It's in my, I mean, if if it's 100 degrees, maybe, you know, I don't have it, but most likely, it's in, if I'm traveling long distance, and it's a week or two, it's definitely in my, my panniers. You know, somewhere shoved down there, but just in case, you know. So what not. did you start with? You started with Garvin? I started out with BMW. Oh, BMW. And then I went to Gerving. Yeah. And Gerving was pretty good. Yeah, I had no complaints. But I did have issues, like I was saying, that it did burn me two years ago. I got my opinion, and this is just my opinion, the older version jacket was nice. Then they came up with a newer version. And the newer version burnt me on like my gut and uh, the wire that freighted away some way. Like, I lost heat. So, so Gerving became a different company along the way. Originally, they were an American company with a lifetime warranty. They were pro- weren't they small little? I know small I, little company thought, similar to Warm and Safe. I thought they they were taking ideas from them or something like that. I'm not sure. Whatever about that, but Gerving <laughs> was a smaller company, and now they're a large company without a voice. Without you can't communicate to them, and they're just manufacturing things as a product. Whereas uh, Warm and Safe is making something where you can talk to them, you can ask them questions. Yeah, but Warm and Safe developed the product. They, they came out with the right. technology, and someone and someone else has taken their ideas, and so, they are actually the start of it. You know, and right? Twenty two years ago is, is yeah is probably the first, right? Well, we don't know the whole Maybe. story. We couldn't get that out of Victor today, did we? Right. <laughs> so right. It would have been nice to really know what's... But 22 started. years must be one of the first. That's a long time. We should look yeah. at how long Garvin's been. But my point is Garvin is a different company. They were... I think they were a really great company. They had an amazing warranty. They had a great uh, staff and everything. And now they're different. Now they're 
they're a very cold company. It feels like they're a very cold company. And it feels like um, you're getting your one-year warranty and it's kind of like a, a very hard well, one-year. The problem is you have to send your stuff in. You know, it's like sending it in. I guess every company is like that, but I don't know. I just think everyone, I know Gerbing from probably the dealers, all the dealers, BMW dealers have Gerbing. Right. They don't carry, you know, I warm and safe. So I have a Gerbing heated jacket liner and I love it. It's from about three years ago. It's got the red color. It's kind of new, but it's not as new as yours. And uh, it's really working great for me. But I went to go look for for a heated pant. And Gerbing's heated pant was a very loose pant that looked really difficult to get a motorcycle pant over. Yeah. And then I found warm and safe somehow. I think a buddy told me about him. And you look at their heated pant liner, and it's a base layer. It fits tight to your skin. Is that Billy the Reamer? Do you have those here or no? They're in my bedroom. Oh, okay. extra over. Um, but they fit. You can, you can get. You can, you can slip into my heated liner. If you like. yeah, I'd like to see. Now, I'm definitely interested. Well, for me, guys, I have a heated seat. And at temperatures like this, I'm already wearing thermal. So, but a heated seat does nothing for your thighs. It right? doesn't. But I'm on the GSA, so and I'm short, small. I'm right. kind of getting my legs; they're kind of covered. Right. That's so true. I don't get that much wind, but I do get it around my upper thighs. The upper thighs get cold. Um, but yeah, if you're riding long distance, if you're gonna go out and ride, you know. Uh, so what's cool about the heated pant layer for Mormon Safe is that they're the same feeling as wearing a regular. <coughs> regular thermal pant. That's what I wear, and I love it. You have the pant. You have the pant. I have the pant liners, and they're excellent. And I have the jacket, and the jacket is not as tight, so I find that I, I really have to put my my pants at like twenty percent or twenty five percent, and I have to put the jacket at like fifty or sixty percent. Oh, that's great! So well, this week we're gonna ride in twenty eight degree weather, and you're really gonna have to crank it up, and, and we're gonna really get a good feel of it. Pete, how cold are you in it? 22 degrees. 22. I got, I got you by 10 degrees. Is that, is that a consistent that, 22? That's a consistent all the way on 95 from Astoria right. Right. to, uh, I tried, it was a trip two winters ago to go down to uh, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, meet you know two of my buddies and two guys from South Carolina and... Um, Man, I remember 22 degrees. I left and made sure it was sunny out. So if there is ice on the road, maybe it'll melt off. I don't know. And 22 degrees was rough. And that's why I, you know, I'm still trying to find the right niche on that heated gear. Since it's, hard. it's hard. The wind is hard. The speed you're going. But well, you I know what? The waterproof get... jackets are going to help you a lot with that I because hope. it cuts the wind out. Yeah. And the wind, and, and something I know just from cycling. Is, is half the battle. If you can cut the wind out, that's you true. really, you're, you're just your body heat alone will, will help radiate a good amount of heat. I had a liner, like a rain jacket, over my climb jacket and trying to keep the heat, the wind off, and I had too much condensation. The whole point of the story is I didn't make it all the way down past South Carolina like my plan was. I made it only to North Carolina. Man, I was, uh, it was cold. It was really cold. That shower in that hotel room was a uh, that, that was really a, good. That was a, uh, that was a wake up call, dude. Wow. Oh, my balls were frozen. Katie's <laughs> balls were frozen, guys. If you take anything from this podcast, know that on that night, Katie's balls were frozen. You can't say that on national television. <laughs> you can't say that. So Isaac just got heated gear a few weeks ago. Your thoughts on it so far? I wouldn't be riding right now if I didn't have to be here. And That's we're riding into the winter. We're going off-roading on Fridays. I'm excited. Okay. No Twenty degrees is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit daunting, but I'm looking forward to trying it out and seeing how it does. Yeah. I will say, I think I'm going to get the, the base layer heated here instead of the jacket. I think that being closer to the skin might help that ride. Just to be but clear, Isaac's the guy that buys everything to yes. try it. He'll buy everything to try it. He's got 12 cameras in this room because he's trying it. That's true. I, I own three action cams right now for no reason at all. That are all within the return period. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, but so, the jacket's already out of the return period, so I'm stuck with it. Whether but I go you're sold on it. You're sold on heated gear. It's an assessment. Heated gear, yeah, but I'm wondering if maybe the underlayer might right. perform better than the jacket. So, Alan, you have never ridden with heated gear. I've never. been busting your balls for years. Can't wait. You just year. bought it. You had money burning a hole in your PayPal I'm account. actually so excited. 
So tell me, what do you expect? Like, you went into every cold... You've done some really cold <laughs> trips with us. Where we've ridden hours and hours and hours at 30 degrees off-roaded and you've had your base no, layers and you always said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not a princess rider, right? Fine. I think that the so what are your right gear makes all the difference. Um, but finally, trading up to having heated gear, I expect to be... I mean, like Victor said, super comfortable. I want to laugh at everybody else that's outside. I want to, uh, you know... Be that warm that uh, that it, it doesn't matter. And the truth, you know, I want to be at a point where riding in ten degrees doesn't matter because that's where I want to take. That's that's my next step for me is riding through any weather. I mean, my only concern really, and I, I've had this in my head for a while since you went down. Really, my only concern is is ice. You know, it's just something that I can't see that I cannot deal with. That would be an issue. Other than that, I want to be able to ride through whatever weather, whatever temperature, at any time. I don't care. I mean, we were out in West Virginia last year with uh, with Zachary Adventures, another another conversation. But uh, but we were out there having a great time, and it poured rain on us consistently for for a full day, and we uh, we still had a great time. I want to be able to really not care what the weather is outside of my helmet. I mean, just as happy inside of my helmet, and uh, and I think that, or I'm hoping that, that's what this uh, this gear's gonna do for me. I've been pretty happy anyway to begin with, uh, so so this should really just make it that much better and that much more comfortable, and I don't want to have to uh, suffer through anything. So that's what I'm expecting out of my heated gear experience. Oh, I can't wait to see your face. I can't wait. There are times that I open my body a little. Just to get some air to, to cool off a little bit. So that's what's cool about heated gear is that, you know, when you're wearing your 12 layers and your Patagonians and your things so you can stay warm in the 37 degree weather or whatever, is even less. When you get to an off-road site, if you're off-roading, you start really riding, your body starts heating up. You have to start removing your you're layers stripping one gears. by you're one. You're stripping gears. And the same thing also when you're riding and you're creating, you know, you need to be warm enough um, at 80 miles an hour but when you're going through a toll booth or when you get to a city you start getting really hot because you're going 20 miles an hour and obviously every so I think the way it works is that every 10 miles an hour is 10 degrees or something stupid like that so that's, that's what I think something along those lines so the, the faster you go the, the colder it gets but when you get to the city you're hot again it's not yeah. just that actually Victor mentioned something that, that we have gone through together very many times and have discussed very many times on our on our comms which I'm sure we'll have another conversation about another podcast but there are times where you're you're going a little higher in elevation a little lower in elevation behind the mountain behind the sun you get in the shadows you and the temperature starts to fluctuate four or five degrees which you know from 80 to 85 you don't really care but from 26 <laughs> to 21 or even 41 to Two. 36 yeah these that's things it. really make a difference and you start to feel the difference yeah. and you get cold it makes a big difference and you feel that and so then we, a lot of times that we've been talking and I hear you on the comm say oh I'm hot now I'm going to lower my gear you know and I'm a bastard you know and then all, all of a sudden no I'm freezing I'm going to raise it up and real bastard you know this I'm touching my heated gear the, the thing I'm, I'm touching it every minute like, so <laughs> a little bit this way yeah I am too like a little bit that way what else you touch it every minute <laughs> like, like Victor said you're always adjusting I am I'm too always adjusting but the question the thing is um, going from road and then hitting the trails right we, uh, warm and safe is saying that you know it's breathable and you yeah. turn it off and it's not going to be like a jacket Right, and that's one thing you know. I guess is the, another benefit of warm and safe. But if you get the, the waterproof the base layer, right? He's talking about the base layer. The base layer, he said, was a Techwick type base layer. So it's like a uh, you know Eastern Mountain. Well, sport. that's sure. And, and these guys, they, right. right? They make this base layer that is a thermal essentially, yeah. so it keeps the heat in. Yeah, when you start to sweat, it'll whip that sweat away from you. But the jacket that I have, the jacket, jacket liner, is different from a girdle. Well, it doesn't have padding inside of it. There's no padding, but it is it is water and windproof. This one is, but compared to the Gerbing, the Gerbing's got padding. Well, it has some some insulation. Insulation, right. correct, and that's a big difference. Which, but the jacket liner, as soon as we get off road, about five minutes in, I have to take it off. This this piece feels fantastic, by the way. Just everybody knows there is uh, there is about I don't know I would say twenty five percent of the sleeve all the way up through the shoulder has got some some real good stretch value to it. So even if it's a bit snug and a bit comfortable 
and you want to move around. It's got that stretch value, which is great. And the, the forward, the front part of the jacket still stays windproof and waterproof, which is really what you need when you're riding. I'm saying that as if you guys don't know, but you're all riders, so you all know. That, that whole front area is what you need to be windproof and waterproof to keep all that off you and to, to keep your core nice and warm, keep your arms nice and warm. But the rear area has really got about 25% of it is, is a, a stretch stitched in, which so, is nice. So guys, I want to sum it up. I want to sum up the heated gear. I want to say that if you're riding and you haven't ridden with heated gear and you put your bike away in the spring, if you love riding, this is the key. It's two connections to your battery terminal a jacket, maybe a pair of gloves, and you can extend your riding season. If the ground has not been wet for a few days and it's freezing, you're good to ride. You could ride out and it feels like summer with heated gear. You could enjoy your motorcycle all year well, long. Well, that's, that's the key. There's also idiots like me that, that think they should just brave the weather constantly. And, and you know, I, I'll ride. I mean, last winter, I never said no. I didn't care. We, we camped in 24-degree weather. It was great, which I loved. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say no, I wouldn't say anything. And I had some good gear, and I wasn't... Uh, there were some points where I was miserable and you were happy. You know, but even if you if you ride through the winters and you never thought to yourself to get heated gear, I mean, it really is... It's a it's a game changer. And stay tuned, because me, I'm the, I'm the guy that, that has not ridden with it yet and has ridden into really, really cold temperatures. So I will let you know over the next couple of months really what this gear will do. Your life is about to change. You're ride this Friday when it's 28 degrees. You're going to love it. You're going to be talking about it the entire I'm time. I'm hoping so. I can't believe I didn't do it. I'm so hoping so. so. Some also snow flurries in the forecast too. Really? I did hear that. I like snow flurries. So another point <laughs> is that, that Warm and Safe is a great company. They're good people. They actually make better gear than the competitors. Look at Warm and Safe. Look at what they do. And the website may be a little confusing. Reach out to us or reach out to Women's Safe directly and they will direct you what to get. Extend your riding season. Um, next up, I just want to talk about the show, the, the New York City. Which is great. We got some, some press passes. Uh, CDGS was offered a good amount of press passes. We had a good time. Uh, what was his name? Rich? Rich. Rich took care of us all, right? We all uh, we all got out there for press day, which was fantastic. We had a, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, so uh, I went I went a couple of years ago with Press Pass by myself, which was really interesting but super boring. I didn't have enough of a website yet. I didn't have enough going on to really do anything with it. But this year, we have our podcast going on. We got four Press Passes, which I was impressed about because we only had one podcast. And, uh, five. 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 We got five. We got five. Um, guest press. it's such an interesting experience so normally the, the show opens at 2 o'clock to the public, everybody walks in it's super crowded, you get to see what you see for us, we got there at 8.30 in the morning we had breakfast it was really nice, they didn't have any water for us so put that out there. <laughs> they had coffee they had Maybe tea, nice plenty of tea bags all over the place <laughs> they had bagels like and cheese, but water good luck brother so <laughs> They had a schedule, and they started the Kawasaki, and they got this booth and that booth and this booth, and for us, a lot of things were boring, like the race bikes were boring. It's so very amazing race bikes, but we're, we're adventurous. That's I, wouldn't, we I wouldn't call it boring. Isaac and I got to walk around a little bit before you guys even got there. We, we got to appreciate some of the gorgeous um, Italian race bikes that were there. You know, yeah. we're deciding no, we wanted to put them in our living room. Which we're talking really about, pretty. you know, so, so Kawasaki brings you, you know to the booth. I used to ride sport bikes. So I still have a little bit of that passion. I mean, I see some of those sport bikes. Is it passion or appreciation? A little bit of both. I don't think I'm in a phase of my life that I would buy a sport bike. But if somebody had one of those badass, like there was a Yamaha on there. And it was, it was awesome. awesome. Very nice a shot. I'll tell that you why. Nice those show. bikes looked like, like yeah. something else that yeah. really took it to another level. Yeah, they did. I think the show was great. And if somebody said, here, Isaac, ride it, I would take it for a day. And I, as I long as it was within the return period. As long as it was within the return period. <laughs> you know what? I have to know. Being, being, and I also rode some some great Ducati road bikes. Yeah, I, I had a beautiful Ducati. Anyway, those those Italian bikes really, really get me. They are showpieces. I would keep them very, very clean and in my garage and ride it once every couple of months just because it's beautiful. But, uh, you know. So they take you to each manufacturer Kawasaki and then Honda and then this one and then BMW and they each give their little presentation they say that Kawasaki's audio was horrible their audio was 
just a ton of feedback. It was a terrible presentation. You get the BMW it was crystal clear. That's Motec for you. That, th- there's a difference. You have to pay attention to these things. There's, there was a huge loud, I heard none of that. loud hum the entire time. I, it was distracting myself. I'm, I have an audio background. But it was super cool to be one of 40 people standing there looking at these things being unveiled. Some of the things being unveiled for the first time ever. And uh, it's an amazing uh, experience. a great honor to be there as press. Uh, was you know, meeting the guys, meeting the people who were there. Well, before you even the... say that, let me go. I was going to go right to being at the BMW booth. Yeah, was great. Sitting with Mike Payton, the VP of BMW great. North America. That was it that was great. amazing. This that guy has a great, great background. To, to get yeah. even further, for Pete to go and walk up, I got a bone to pick with them. Was the first <laughs> thing he said to me before we even got there, and he walks up and starts telling them about. You know, I, I have a problem with the Navi 6, and I mean, God, tell them what, what your, what your oh, issues were. Oh, it's just were. that whole media player, the software update, and I guess BMW took their designers off the Navi 6 to work on the TFT screen, and that's why they never came out with a new software. So the problem was that you couldn't stream music from your phone to the... Nav six, is that it? Yeah, no, you yes, you can't. You you couldn't, yes. Supposedly well, what are you gonna do by streaming it to no, the Nav Six? You, then what? How do you go to your center? It goes to your center. It runs through your Navi. So you, if you get a phone call, you just you use your Wonder Wheel and then mm-hmm. when you're switching through music, you just hold your Wonder Wheel, flip through music. Yeah. That Wonder Wheel is a whole other subject. So yeah. you, you prefer to do it in that method well, instead. Well I have not been it. able to do it because uh, they just came out with the new software. So well, supposedly the new software is supposed to be able to browse your whole you can press browse your media and you mm-hmm. have all your music lined up there, which I have not tested it. They and told you that it was going to be out within a week, right? They got that product designer on oh, you yeah. and it said it would be out. With, and then that later that, that day, day, it came out. Yeah. Which was You lit a fire. They, they just released it. They're like, guys, guys, Petey's on to us. Petey's on to us. Release that shit right now. I was like, this is a conspiracy. Are you just trying to get everyone to get these new bikes? Keep the screen. <laughs> <laughs> we met a lot of great people at the show. We that did. was key. We met a, a, a nice uh, contact at Revit. We met uh, same right. thing as good dude. Uh, BMW Royal Enfield had a really cool adventure bike that they they are putting out. We don't know the quality or, or the longevity of the bike. Maybe Royal Enfield will give us one to test. I would love to do it. I really would love I, a Royal Enfield bike. Yeah. It looks. Yeah, oh, it's really gorgeous, cool. and it's, an, it's a British bike, and yeah, exactly. you know, that, for some reason, has some good nostalgic value for us Americans. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, and I'd love to test that thing out. It looks great. So notably absent from the show was Ducati, and I think I'm 90% sure Triumph was Triumph absent. was there, no, man. They, were, they were not set up by two They were not set up. No, they weren't there. They weren't there. It was a big, big trial. It's a Triumph. Maybe they were multicolored Triumph bike that's out of New Jersey. But the, that we they, so there was two different sections. This uh, there was a called. list of there guys. was a ride section and an adventure out section, and those were like an attempt at all the brands coming together to make more interest in the general industry. Ride for whatever an adventure out. So an adventure out had a Triumph bike, yes, but that was Steve Kymrads and it was this custom neon bike. I didn't see a, a Triumph setup. And, and, you know, the New York show, one thing that's clear about the New York show is that it doesn't get any love from the industry. People are bailing out. No one's there. Yeah. Klein's not there. Revit's not there. Senna's not there. And they're, they're never really no, there. No, but that we're losing more. New York but, sucks. So they say that this year was about half the size. Yeah. The, the it was footprint small. It was small. Of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I sent out, I, I was saying there was a bunch of brands, Twisted Throttle. Twisted Throttle's got them. That's a, that's a local... Yeah, from Rhode Island. That's they're usually there. They represent. Yeah, and not there. And Aerostitch was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. But I don't. They're never at the show. same day as the show. That that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, okay, maybe we're missing something. Someone said something about the unions. That's why they don't want to come here. They yes, set somebody up. mentioned that also. There's a whole issue with that. Well, for us, it was great, and you know, I don't, you know. I don't know if I'd go if I didn't have a press pass, but um, yeah, I mean, it is early December, so there's no itch to go. So next year, Long Beach. Next year, Long Beach, guys. Next year, Long Beach. <laughs> next year, Long Beach. We gotta, yeah. But you know what was really nice. amazing that I left thinking I there needed is, to have it? There is no triumph. Is the Euro motorcycles. 
Ural. 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 The Russian BMW. Yeah, wow. yeah. Those are great. I'm telling you, I really <laughs> wanted to go home with one. Maybe, maybe Muzzy was going to post some good photos of us. Okay, wait. Yeah. So I just think the like, had 70,000 with the sidecar. Guys, if you don't know what Ural is, Ural is, a, is a, like a 1940s BMW with a sidecar. It looks like a World Made by a Russian II. company. And it has it optionally <laughs> has two wheel drive, so it's 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 Both a badass wheels. bike that can take you around the world, and it looks so good. Yeah. And Isaac, did your wife say she wants one? She said she wants one. And this no, is a woman, no way. Wow. This is a woman who will not get on a bike, which means we'll have one next week. On by the way, just everybody next knows. week. We already got one. Next week, we'll have one. Next podcast, it'll be here. You didn't get it from Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But I'll tell you, that thing is we amazing. It looks great. It, you know, they put some nice that. knobbies on them. Yeah, they, yeah. They built them out nice with great lights. I mean, this thing Dude, is really you can impressive. Take that around the world. Yeah. Isaac, with your wife. My friend. My friend. Oh, she, she said the only way I can get it is if the dog can come or with you. Yes, the, good, the good thing is, I already have goggles for him. Yes. <laughs> I already got him. He's ready. He's good to go. Also, Amazon. Isaac, so far I've got to try a Rilo and a DJ Mavic right. and now soon to be a URL just by being friends with you. Possibly. possibly. So whether I like you or not, doesn't matter. <laughs> I definitely get to try all these awesome. When is it coming? Well, no, you get it. Get the white. The same. The same. Definitely the same. Which decked out exactly which like it was in the show. With those the adventure lights on it. The adventure yeah. it has the two lights and then it has the spotlights. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it has the great, the, the, awesome. The metal frame. Did you order I didn't order. I'm just uh, joking. <laughs> <laughs> but sixteen like like thousand dollars for all that. Load I mean, it out the way you want it. Obviously, out. he's already looked at it online, yeah. which means he has that coming soon. Let me tell you something. You can ride that all year round. You could be the next picture. So it's two wheel sweat Facebook. It's two wheel drive. You get stuck in mud or snow or something. You just turn on the two wheel drive. It comes in the shovel. And, and, and a gas can. can. And a gas can. That's great. P, this well, thing is ready to roll. I'm ready to go. Will you ride, bitch? Ready to go. I don't think so. <laughs> Isaac, I'll tell you what. You get to over the ride with you, yeah. and I'll buy you out. Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll put Melanie right there, man. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll start a thing. You know, all the wives, except I don't know this guy. Is yeah. your, does your wife ride with you? No, no. Will she get He's Greek. She might. Be He's Greek. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. The side right there. Um, that is so lost dog. a couple of friends yeah, dog. along the way. What do you mean the dog? I could never. I would, I would could never be a sidecar with anyone trying. You know? Yeah, you we're, could. You'd we're love all, it. We're all backseat drivers. What is it called? Backseat drivers? Yeah. Or something? yeah. yeah, yeah. I would forget I'm backseat that. driving the podcast. Are you yeah. crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. I think, uh, I think we did a great job. Episode two. It was great. It was a lot of fun. That was great. Thank you guys for allowing us to have this kind of fun. Yes. Yeah. Every week. If you guys are still listening, every week we're going to try to do better. We're going to try to get great guests and we're going to try to have conversations that interest you. And uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, any feedback, guys? Any feedback? Keep it, it to yourself. No, keep please it send yourself. feedback. Send it all. I, I just Don't want to know. Yeah. You know what feedback is? Yeah. Feedback means that somebody's actually listening. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's like one guy in a corner like, somewhere. Like I said them. from the beginning, if they're not listening, we're still doing this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's exactly the point. We're bullshitting. Yeah. It's got to be interesting to someone. Yeah. One guy. I'm listening. One person. Guys. I'm listening. I listened to my last podcast nine or ten times. I did. Listen, if if anyone wants to call in, you know, email us and we'll get you on, you know? Yeah. We'll have sure. a good time. Um, all right. So, thanks to Warm and Safe. We're going to try and, yeah, yeah, thank you to Warm and Safe for, for coming out. Thanks, thanks Victor. We're, uh, we're going to have a, a good, exciting guest, guest for you next go around also. And uh, we'll see you guys in a week or so. Uh, yeah. Adventure Podcast. Out. Here we go.